Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Good. Speaking of Jedi Masters, uh, today, uh, has anybody ever had someone that you looked up to? Like a mentor, a coach, a parent, a friend, maybe the Jedi Master, Sensei, Namaste. No? Cool. Awesome. Great. Have some friends, have some people, have a mentor you looked up to. Well, today, uh, we have another mentor that we're looking up to, and that is that is wisdom. We're going to be back again here from some, some, from some wisdom here in Proverbs. Uh, it's, it's called Wisdom Literature, and it's exactly that. It's a book that teaches us that wisdom. It, and it's more just like opening up a book and, and reading like a, a text, right? It's a little bit more than that. It, it really helps get into things that we deal with every single day. That's what I kind of like about it. It's, it's real practical. Um, so today, we're going to be talking specifically, specifically the character in here is called a sluggard. Now, we're not talking like Babe Ruth, right? Slugger. Not that type of slugger. Sluggard. A-R-D. Sluggard. And what does that mean? Let's, let's get into that. Um, oh, and it's not a slug either. <laughs> it's not like the uh, old Bible word for a slug, like the one that you, dude, my sister stepped on a slug with her barefoot one time. I felt so bad for her. I was like, that's like, that's not even like, oh, there's a spider on the wall. It's like, you stepped on it with your bare foot and felt its guts. Sorry, back to Proverbs. Okay, so sluggard, sluggard, what does it mean? What does it mean? It's not like Roz from Monsters, Inc. Right? Okay. Sluggard disinclined to activity or exertion, not energetic or vigorous, even though there's an ability to do so. Sluggard, encouraging inactivity or moving sluggish, sluggard. We kind of live in this fast-paced culture, right? Um, Right? Kind of fast. Speeding tickets left and right. Yeah. Where would you think it would be, would you think it'd be a good place here to be in a lazy culture? Like, it's so fast-paced, you would think we wouldn't, we wouldn't struggle with this. We don't even have time to be lazy. But yet, we still find ourselves in this, in this rut, in, in these, these pitfalls of laziness. I struggle in this area. We all have these, these times where we, where we struggle in this area. Oftentimes, the sluggard even has a strong desire or a passion. Strong desire but lacks in being able to follow through with that. And then it just results in this, this emptiness, this, this longing for more. Um, when I was uh, a senior in college, I got to go to Hong Kong. Some of you have heard, this, heard part of the story already. And uh, it was for, for school. I was an international marketing major. And so they're like, if you want this major, you gotta go uh, somewhere not in America. Like, somewhere far. And I'm like, uh, great. I've always wanted to go to China. And then they're like, okay, your classes are going to be in Chinese. And I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. Um, not that far yet. And so I went to Hong Kong. They have 
English teaching classes there. So I was like, great. It's kind of like China. Not really. If you want to be a part of that debate, we can talk about it later after class. Um, yes, this is class. I got the opportunity to, to do this, to go to Hong Kong. And when I was a senior in college, uh, I already had been working uh, full-time. I was in college full-time. I had a girlfriend full-time, right? <laughs> no part-time on that. Uh, and man, life was, life was busy. And uh, one month after I proposed to Danae, uh, I went off to Hong Kong. I was like, see you later, going across the ocean. <laughs> and she probably loved that. But uh, so I went to Hong Kong and I find myself there and it was dreadful. Like the first month, I guess I didn't really put two and two together. Like, you're not really gonna know anybody. You're not gonna be able to speak very well. And when you go to McDonald's, I know, I went to McDonald's, weird. Uh, they don't know what you're saying. And so I was like, great, this is gonna be fun. Um, man, this extrovert right here was in trouble. Um, I didn't know what I was doing there. And even my roommate only, only was there probably 50% of the nights because he had another place that he lived. He was a, like a quote unquote town student. Um, and I was like, man, am I gonna waste four and a half months sitting here watching TV shows in my spare time, not, not know anybody, not, not making any friends, not, not doing anything, and I found myself just sitting in my bed sometimes. And so I said, there, there's gotta be something better than this. I know I'm a passionate person. I know I can get out there. Just like, what do I do? I got, I got a kick in the pants for sure. That was, that was one thing. I was, I was at a, a low place. Um, and you do reap what you sow, guys. You reap what you sow. And I sowed laziness. But how could, so, how, how could you do that for four months? Surely, surely I would figure this out. Oftentimes, we can feel alone in those times of need. And I know everyone, everyone isn't alone in the dorm room in a foreign country with no family, no friends, and fried octopus to eat that night. Even though some of you might think that's good. Yeah, yeah. Squid's a little better. But it's not that desperate, right? Not that desperate. It's easy to quickly point the finger and be like, man, like, look at my scenario. Man, if only I had this. If only I had a friend that I could console in. I had no one to blame but me. I'm the one that wanted to go. I'm the one that chose that place. With the pressures around to, to do this, um, it would have been nice to have some wisdom. So let's go. Let's get after it in Proverbs. You got Proverbs open? We're in chapter 26. Chapter 26, verses 13 through 16. Oh, yeah. Life in the verbs. Perfect. Still the pitfalls. We're still there. Okay. The sluggard says, there is a lion in the streets. Or, sorry, there's a lion in the road. There's a lion in the streets. As a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. It wears him out to bring it back to his mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. The first thing that we see here is that an excuse leads to self-deception. And I don't know how to use this, so hold on with me. Going back too far. Okay, perfect. An excuse leads to self-deception. Um, Man, what's some, those are some funny verses. Like, there's a line in the streets. Anybody seen a line in the streets before? <laughs> you, you have? 
like here? Wow. Uh, yeah, definitely not, right? Um, maybe back in those days, uh, there's a lion in the, in the road. There's a lion in the streets. As a door turns on its, on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. The first thing that we see here is an excuse leads to self-deception. Number one after that is the sluggard, he believes his own lie. It's, it's really funny when you think about it. It's like, wow, what an excuse. Anything you could have thought about to, to miss work and you're like, there's a line in the road, sorry. Can't make it, guys. Gonna have to hold on for a second. My mom used to tell me all the time, she's like, Jacob, excuses are failures. Absolute failures. And I was like, got it, awesome, perfect. Not gonna use that excuse again. And, and so it helped, really helped me learn. Uh, they can end up turning what you're doing into a pit that you can't get out of. Uh, you can practically dig your own grave with these excuses. Every excuse that comes up, you just keep digging yourself a little bit more into that pit that you can't get out of. And you can dig it so far that you can't even see out of the pit. It, it blinds you to where you can't even see out of that pit anymore. That's how bad excuses can get you, which is why we're here. We're here in the text because in these excuses, they end up just being a straight up lie. There's no lion in the road. There's no lion that this, that this sluggard can't, can't be in the road. He, he's, he's totally making, them, making it up. You might be thinking, come on, Jacob. There was, this is Israel in the Bible days. There might have been a lion in the road. Ever heard of David? Hmm? Killed a lion. Yeah, in Israel, could have been a line in the road, right? So that could have happened, right? And then we get this, we get this, right? We got bumper to bumper donkey traffic, right? There's, the market's busy. Beggars are crowding the gate of the synagogue. Oh my, and yeah, there's a line in the streets. You can see it, right? It's like, where's Waldo? Can you see it? Uh, you see it? I don't see it. There's no, there's no line in the streets, <laughs> Somewhere, right? There's, but no, there's no line in the street. This, this irrational excuse, it's nothing better but just this, this feeble attempt to call in sick. The sluggard believes his own lie, but then he also lacks the resilience or the creativity to even change the circumstance if there perhaps was that line, right? Which brings us to our next point a tragic moment in all of cinematic history. <laughs> Anybody seen Bugs Life? Yeah. The sky is falling. That's a different movie, but this is pretty, it, man, so many movies. There's a leaf in the line. Guys, what are we gonna do? What do we do? Around the leaf, right? <laughs> Can you picture yourself there? It's, it's so, it's, it's funny to think about this, but man, how many times do we do this? Right? Think about that. How many times do you, do you have this circumstance that happens? And we're like, Ugh. can't do anything about it. What do I do? It's a leaf. It's an insurmountable amount of leafiness. <laughs> what do I do? And, and then wisdom comes along, right, and says, we're going to go around the leaf. <laughs> and sometimes you just need, you need those people in your life. 
that can just tell you how it is. Like, bro, open your eyes. <laughs> Going around. There's the line. Perfect. <laughs> wow, the sluggard is a funny character. He's so blind that it's like, what, what are the alternatives to our excuses? What are they really? Like, just, just the honesty of like, this is leaf. You can go around this leaf. But remember, this, this sluggard in this text, has, has he even gotten out of bed yet? All he said is that there's a line in the streets and then he's just, he's flip-flopping on his bed, right? He's like a door turning, just, oh, when am I gonna wake up? Don't know, maybe a little longer, just like a door. No resilience, no creativity, and not really even sensible. Thirdly, he's blinded by his own self-diagnosis. He blinds himself with it. Look at verse 16. It says, the sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can answer sensibly. Now, if you look at uh, these, this, the, the definition of this seven men, it, it honestly just meant like an indefinite number. It doesn't matter if there's three sensible men, seven, 20, 100. It doesn't matter how many sensible men. The sluggard's not listening to them. He can't even, he can't even fathom what they're saying sensibly because there's a lion in the streets. I can't do anything about it. What are our excuses? Have you ever lied to yourself? Hmm? Have you given yourself an excuse not to do something? We don't often see it as like this malicious attack on somebody else because it's just, it's personal, right? It's just about us. Like we're only, we're only doing it to ourselves. We lie to ourselves when we, when we say, oh, it's just a little mistake. Or, you know, you know I need to have those, those certain clothes to look cool. I need to, I need to talk or joke about those things to be cool. Um, I need to eat at, at this place or, or drink that drink to feel better. Um, and we can deceive ourselves. We can deceive ourselves, and it can be easier than we even think. We'll find out soon enough that this, it, even, it isn't even just a physical problem or a short-term, short-term problem, it's, it's a spiritual problem for this sluggard. All right, jumping around. Oh man, I missed it. Guys, what are your excuses? Right there. All right, Proverbs 6, Proverbs 6. Just a few pages back. I lost my voice last, last Saturday. It's going. I feel it. It's okay. Got good coffee. Um, can I get a reader? Would that be that be off, awfully helpful, bro? Jonah, thank you. Can you read Proverbs six six through eleven? Yeah, that's that's fine. You can use that. You, you want a microphone? Can we get the, can we get the microphone? That'd be great. Gotta do it like this, like a like a singer. Yeah, gotta speak into the mic. Go to the Anto sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Jonah. 
All right, so we're, we're seeing this ant here, and, uh, and uh, we're asked to consider, consider her ways. Uh, the first point that we had was an excuse leads to self-deception, but now this self-deception leads to lost opportunity. Leads to lost opportunity. In this, that we, in this, uh, in this text, we see that the sluggard requires authority to intervene. It requires authority to intervene. Someone as small as an ant doesn't even need someone to tell them that the winter's coming. Work needs to be done. Here we see that the ant isn't even, even, even told what to do. There's no ranking senior officer. Everyone has a job, and the ant, the ant does it. Why, why is it that, that I have to be reminded three times about a deadline? Why is it that your, that your parents have to tell you three times to clean your room? You could say, uh, no, one, no one needs to tell me what to do. Like, I got this. I got this. I'm, I'm smart. I'm capable. But when all things go south, we then just quickly look to, for someone to blame and wipe our hands clean from that work that needs to be done and wait until that person tells us to do it. This ant here, though, it doesn't need authority to tell you when work is to be done because it knows that, that winter is coming. The sluggard also misinterprets his own schedule. Whether it's forgetfulness, procrastination, or simply just wasting time, this slugger doesn't take the time when it's available. It's true that, that some people, they, they do work at a different pace, right? Like uh, one person might be able to get a certain task or a certain type of homework done in two hours, and the other person do it in one hour, right? Is that, that happens for people? Show of hands, yeah? You get some homework done, even maybe a different subject, faster than others. Does that happen? But, but here, it's not necessarily about the time. It's not about the length of time. It's about when you're doing it. And, and some of you, including me, uh, we, we've skipped out. We've skipped out on, on opportunities to be with our family, to be with our friends, to be here at, in the community of our citizens We've, we've missed the opportunity to hear God's word for us and to be with other believers. Notice how the sluggard, it says here uh, in verse 10, it says, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. How many times have you guys done that? Like we've said, oh, it's not that bad. Like how many times are you gonna do, hit the alarm clock? Just one more, one more nine minute time frame will go by. Just, just one more. How many, and we, do, we say that to ourselves, and it's just a little sleep. And, and then that little bit just compounds over time, and we've wasted the opportunity. And then we're late to class, and because there's traffic, we're like, I'm late because of traffic. Man, you tell the teacher, there was traffic. Like, oh, you killed your alarm clock. That's what happened, right? You see how those excuses, we can just, we can deceive ourselves in these excuses. And then in that excuse, in that self-deception, it just, it leads to that lost opportunity. What else happens? The sluggard wakes up robbed of that opportunity. It says there in that last verse, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Guys, we're, we're lying to ourselves. We've talked We've talked a lot about active laziness, um, this idea that like you have a choice to be lazy, but then there's also lying to yourself that 
that you don't have to do anything at all. Like, like you can just be nonchalant about things, apathetic, unconcerned, unmoved. We wake up one day and all of the opportunity has passed. Not even the ones that we've decided to not, to not be lazy about. There's just, we haven't even made a choice. We haven't activated ourselves to even make a choice. We've just believed all of our lives. And then it's robbed from you. I, I love how the, how, the, how the Bible talks about it as, as being like a robber. Like it was yours to have, but we lost that opportunity and it was, it was taken from us. All right, one more time. Flipping in uh, Proverbs 21, 25 through 26. It says, the desire of the sluggard kills him for his hands refuse to labor. All day long, he craves and craves, but the righteous gives and does not hold back. We find here that lost opportunity leads to emptiness. Lost opportunity leads to emptiness. The sluggard, he, he desires and he craves his purpose here. He desires it and craves it all day long. So is a, we, we've seen this sluggard for a long time now, right? He, first, he's making excuses. He's just lying to himself. He's digging himself in a hole. He can't even see where he's going. He's, it's just not sensible, right? But now, is there a resurgence? Like, he's, he's desiring. He's craving. That, I mean, don't get me wrong. Those are good things, right? Is he getting back into the, into the game? Or is it just that desire for one extra hour of sleep? That extra scoop of ice cream? Or maybe is he sincere? And is he going to change? The sluggard also turns from being late into just being a dropout. Not only is he, is he just taking, taking that snooze on the alarm clock, what does it say here? It says, it says that he's refusing to labor. He, he's refusing. Not gonna do it. Not a chance. Zilch. The slugger turns from, turns from being late to a dropout. It's this defiant act of rebellion. And he, guess what? He's reaping the benefits. There's no more opportunity for him. But then that desire fades. And we see here that, that even though in that, in that false desire, we hear that God's pursuing us and that we refuse to give in. We find ourselves absent. And then those friends that used to, those friends that even used to come here, like they're not here anymore because they're, they're like, I'm, I'm not even gonna be late anymore. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna drop out from, from God pursuing me. We find here in the end of this text that the sluggard's not even right before God. He's, he's put to death. His apathy, his laziness, and his excuses, they kill him. You're like, great. <laughs> That's what I came here to hear tonight. <laughs> My laziness is killing me, <laughs> right? Like, this is great. Really happy. It seems a little bleak, um, because it really is. It's sad. It's, it's a sad life as a sluggard. 
when Adam and Eve were created, uh, God gave them a job to do. It says, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. The Lord God then sent him out of the Garden of Eden because of the fall to work the ground from which he was taken. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Even before, even before sin entered into mankind, we were created to work. And then after that, we're still created to work. Might just be a little bit different. Got some more weeds in it, right? Of course, in our culture, uh, we don't all go home to our farms anymore. But those, those weeds of work, they come up in our lives in many ways. And, uh, and I think we see it today in the life of the sluggard. He doesn't pull the weeds of excuses. Instead, he just keeps living in them in this thorn-filled life. And then, and then those excuses, they just choke out the rest of his garden, the rest of his opportunity that he, that he loses. He has then just this, this empty, fruitless life. Man was made to work. We were made to work. We were made to cultivate our garden and build the kingdom for the glory of God. Jesus died for, Jesus, this is one of the reasons Jesus died for us, for our, for our sin, for our failures, because of our incapability, he died on the cross to pay for those times that we'll, we'll have all those excuses and, and just lie to ourselves about our own shortcomings. And he calls us to rest in him. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says, come to me, this is Jesus speaking, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. The answer isn't simply here, guys. Just work harder, right? Just do it, right? Go out there and work harder. That's not, that's not what the answer is. That's not, that's not what God's saying at all. Even the sluggard wants to do that. He desires and he craves. The answer is first, be honest with yourself. You can't get through school alone. You can't get through... Uh, your jobs alone. You can't get through your sports alone. You can't get through your homework alone. You can't get through your small group alone. (laughs) You can't do life alone. Jesus cries for you to come to him. He's saying his burden's light. Why? Because he helps us with it. It's, it's It's that great mystery of the gospel that in our failures, Jesus answers, fills the void, and calls us to something greater. Something much greater. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. There is, uh, there is joy. Oh, did I skip a slide? Going back. There is joy in worship-filled work. And this only comes from Jesus. And, and it's weird because when he gives it to you, you, you find that joy and then, then it doesn't even feel like work anymore. In Jesus, filling that, that empty void that the sluggard has, there's joy in worship-filled work. And then in Psalms we see, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Remember, I went to Hong Kong, wasted four and a half months of my life. <laughs> or was it? I realized it wasn't gonna be anything that I could do in and of myself. And, and I made it a point to just surround myself and ask questions about my life that was going on and around me. And by the time I left, I had, I had a fantastic time meeting with 
I think I was in a Bible study four different nights of the week with four different groups and like none of them were connected just because like I was like, I'm not gonna stay in that room anymore and I'm, and I'm gonna do something. I'm going to do something while I'm here. And I was honest with myself and to God that something needed to change. I had to ask for help. I had to take action. And then oddly enough, God was able to answer and be like, awesome, like let's, let's, let's take an opportunity to, to grow you grow you spiritually. And I also gained a close friend that we still, that we're still in contact today. I had those amazing opportunities to learn and teach. And, and the Jacob that came off of that plane in Hong Kong was, was much different than the Jacob that left. So I ask you guys, don't be apathetic about your life. Will you make excuses? Will you dig yourself into that pit? Will you miss those opportunities and drop out just, just feeling robbed and empty in life? Man, God, God did not call you to that. God calls us to work wholeheartedly for him. Wholeheartedly for him. Let's pray, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for help gathering us today and uh, being able to open up your word and, and see, what, see what, the, what the Proverbs has to tell us, what wisdom has to tell us in, in this book. And as we learn from, from the sluggard here, I, I pray, God, that, uh, that we take it seriously, that we, that we take it seriously that you have a life for us that is, is so much more than we could ever imagine. And I pray, dear God, that we would, we would earnestly heed your call to worship you in, in how we work and do it wholeheartedly for you. We love you, God. We thank you so much.